Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're fed up with uh, this uh, hypocrisy. Uh, it's time for Israel to fight back. It's time for Israel to destroy Hamas. Destroy Hamas. Former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. Correct. Yep. Uh, new reporting coming out from a variety of network news sources. At least a dozen missiles fired from Lebanon into Israel. And Hezbollah, as we've been talking about for the last several hours, there's concern if Hezbollah gets involved, then it's a different thing all of a sudden. Hezbollah has declared that if the United States gets involved, we will pay a price on our installations in the Middle East. Well, to discuss these disturbing developments and the situation at large. Uh, Dr. Jeff McCausland joins us. Jeff is CBS News military consultant, also senior fellow at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the Naval Academy. Jeff, it's always a pleasure. How are you, sir? Very well, sir, but a busy day to say the least. I'd imagine uh, this feels very much, as Jack was explaining, like a situation that could easily escalate and spread. Uh, Would you agree? How concerned are you about that? Well, I'm very concerned, and Jack is exactly right. I mean, these threats by Hezbollah are, are not necessarily, you know, without without backing. That being said, I hope the leader Hezbollah gazes out in the Mediterranean and, and soon to be able to see the USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier off the shore there, along with a couple destroyers and a missile-firing cruiser, which might deter him from thinking about making any attacks against the United States. Is that the point of our having those ships there? Absolutely. Without question. This is a show of force, demonstration of the unity between the United States and Israel, and it's to deter, just as I just got done saying, uh, anybody else from getting involved in this militarily, or frankly, even expanding the level of military assistance they might provide Hamas. Now, that being said, does that guarantee that will work? Of course it doesn't. 
but certainly this is a quick demonstration of U.S. military power. And in addition, the United States has dispatched additional fighter aircraft to the region, probably into the Gulf region as well, to seek to enhance our deterrence strategy, not only with Hezbollah, but also with Iran, which we know supplies massive military assistance to Hamas. And many have already argued, uh, actually assisted in the coordination and planning of this particular assault by Hamas against Israel. Jeff, how surprised were you by, uh, look at it either way, the, the success of the attack or the failure of the Israeli Defense Forces? <laughs> well, I think I, I was extraordinarily surprised by the failure of, of Israeli intelligence sources, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. Hamas achieved a tactical, operational, and strategic uh, intelligence success almost immediately. And, and members of Mossad, which is revered as an intelligence service, as well as the military intelligence directorate, which is known as Amman in Israel, uh, totally failed, even though they have massive assets of linguists, signal intelligence, and informants, etc. Now, this operation involved thousands of people and was conducted without any whisper of it being of it being uh, happening. Uh, many might believe this is because Israel was distracted to a degree by ongoing social unrest, as the Netanyahu government has been trying to drive through this massive judicial reform against large-scale popular opposition, and also very significant military operations being conducted by the IDF against uh, Palestinian groups on the on the West Bank, which had, we may believe, perhaps distracted Israel and allowed this intelligence failure to occur. The Air Force of Israel has launched extensive attacks in the last couple of hours on Hamas, watching the smoke on TV right now. Their defense minister of Israel announced a full siege of the Gaza Strip, said there'd be no electricity, no food, no fuel, and a ground invasion has begun. You as a military guy, what is that ground invasion going to look like? How do they go in there and with a hundred or more hostages that they're going to try to rescue? What's that going to look like? Yeah, this is likely to be horrific, quite frankly. Keep in mind, the Gaza Strip is only about 140 square miles, but there's about 2 million people in the Gaza Strip. It is one of the most densely populated places on the planet earth about thirteen thousand people per square mile we're talking dense streets apartment buildings etc this is going to be door-to-door urban fighting at its worst and the advantages that israel enjoys of heavy armor and that kind of (coughs) military force is neutralized to a significant degree the israelis then will have the terrible choice of of fighting it out door-to-door and the possibility of large-scale casualties on their side or standing back as israel has done in past quite frankly and pounding the Gaza Strip with artillery and with airstrikes. But to do that now causes two further problems. One, it certainly endangers the lives of those hundred hostages you just mentioned. And second of all, as Israel has seen in the past, the more and more that they pound on the Gaza Strip and those two million civilians that are there, the more and more the Isra- Israel's reputation around the globe suffers in the light of the world population and the bigger the humanitarian crisis in the aftermath. Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant on the line. Jeff, I'm not asking for a prediction here. I just love to hear your thinking. Uh, does this feel like something that will be uh, a kinetic, uh, you know, uh, battle for days, weeks, months? What's your sense of that? I think it's going to go on definitely for weeks, if not months. Because, again, as we said a moment ago, if Israel moves into Gaza, it appears that they are, and there are also reports, frankly, and in a telephone conversation between President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu, he said, we're going in. This becomes kind of a battle to the death. Uh, in past, I've been in Israel and had Israeli military officers say to me, 
you know, periodically we, we have to mow the grass. What does that mean? Well, that means conduct military operations against uh, Hamas and the Gaza Strip, as they did in 2008, 12, 14, and 21. But they did not physically invade the Gaza Strip for the reason we just discussed. This time, based on the surprise, the level of casualties, over 700 Israelis have been killed. Proportionally, if that was the United States as a proportion of population, that would be about 25,000 dead Americans. So as a consequence, I think Israel now is convinced victory, which is what Mr. Netanyahu says they seek, will be the outright destruction of Hamas, and that will mean a ground invasion, and that will mean weeks and months of fighting. If it is nailed down with certainty that what the Wall Street Journal is reporting is true, that Iran backed this, planned it, announced when it would happen, they're behind this. Does Israel strike Iran? That's something I'm sure the Israelis are considering, but considering in the background. They have their hands pretty doggone full right now with the ongoing hostilities with Hamas. They're also very concerned that Hezbollah in the north, which has a far greater sophisticated military force, a lot more rockets, might also intervene, giving the Israelis the possibility of a two-front war. And they've also got to be concerned about the possibility of more uprisings on the West Bank, which might bring them a three-front war. So for the time being, at least, I'm pretty sure the Israelis are are a bit preoccupied. But uh, you're quite right. If the proof can be presented, and that's probably very difficult to do, that Iran was directly involved in the actual planning and execution. No doubt they provided military supplies. But the planning and execution of the war, then that could threaten in future a wider enmity between Iran and uh, and Israel. Oh, by the way, there are those, me included, who believe that Iran may have encouraged this because they were concerned about an ongoing American effort to seek normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel, which would be an earthquake and be a disaster strategically for the Iranians. Uh, an attack on U.S. installations of any sort, obviously we would respond over there in the Middle East. You know, Hezbollah threatened us with that. But outside of that, would anything bring us in? Would we be firing any missiles, or, or, or are we going to try to stay out of it? No, I think we're going to try to stay out of it. I mean, the force presence is important. The United States may be involved in providing intelligence that it can gain by having its you know, command and control ships nearby the, co- the coastline in terms of infiltration and the like. Uh, or incoming missile defense radars, et cetera, they may be helpful in providing that information uh, to Israel. Obviously, that U.S. military force in the region could also be used to evacuate Americans if the situation worsened even farther. But I don't see a direct U.S. military involvement unless this war, in fact, expands. Though, we'll clearly be providing in a couple of aircraft, I think, have already arrived in Israel, provide additional military assistance in terms of munitions, equipment, spare parts, et cetera, Israeli army is very, very, very largely equipped with American military hardware. So all those things are very valuable to the Israelis. Now, they have a lot of supplies of their own. If this goes on for a longer period of time, more and more munitions may be required. And that could put a strain right now on U.S. wartime stocks, which we all know have been sniffly drawn down by mm. American support for the war in, wow. war in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, the war in Ukraine. Forgot right. about that during right. all this conversation. CBS News military consultant, Dr. Jeff McCausland. Jeff, uh, well done as always. Thanks so much for the time. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for this paragraph from the Washington Post. Should have thrown this out probably earlier. Hamas emerged as an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood during the Palestinian uprising in 1987. 
against Israeli occupation of Gaza and the West Bank. And in October of 1997, the United States designated Hamas a terrorist organization. Worth mentioning a couple of things uh, just off of comments Jeff made. Number one, having read the Wall Street Journal's reporting on the involvement of Iran in in planning the attack and financing it and, and scheduling it and the rest of it, it's very, very solid reporting with multiple sources among people who ought to know. So I think that truth absolutely will emerge. I'd be shocked if it doesn't. And keep in mind that Israel hunted down people who murdered their athletes at the Olympics, for instance, a decade later, a couple of decades later. They don't forget. Yeah, so on the proof that is that Iran did it, is that one of those things you acknowledge, though? You might have proof, and you continue to say, we say, and Israel says, uh, you know, we still uh looking into the backing of Iran. If Iran had blah, 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 you say strong words. Because otherwise, you're in, a, you're in a tough position if you flat out come out and say Iran did this. And you don't retaliate. I don't really trust Anthony Blinken and Joe Biden to do the right thing. But assuming we had a a non-senile president and strong leadership, uh, yeah, I would have no problem with that. Don't show your cards unless you have to. If you're saying, yeah, we don't believe that to be true, even while planning an attack, a retaliatory attack, it's fine with me. Yeah, how about Hezbollah coming out and saying we better stay out of it or they'll attack our interests in the Middle East? Wow. All right, here's my concern. Less that, um, because in conventional war, it it's not even close. Um, I am more concerned, having seen nationwide, it's certainly thousands of people, many of them of Middle Eastern descent, dressed up like Hamas, dancing in the streets, celebrating the attacks in a country that has a great deal of freedom, a completely porous southern border, and a hell of a lot of guns. I don't think Iran's uh, proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, would limit themselves to attacking our military assets. I I got a very bad feeling about ugly things happening in the United States. Part of the reason that uh, they haven't really much since 9-11, partly the excellent efforts of our security forces and law enforcement, also because we've really pulled back from the Middle East in any significant way. You know, Afghanistan, we were babysitting for quite a while before Biden's disastrous willy-nilly pullout. Um, And Iraq is long, you know, essentially a thing of the past. That's part of the reason things have been safe. We just haven't been the great Satan for a lot of the militants for a while. If this thing escalates, we will be again. And then, of course, the next step in that chain of uh uh-oh is how does American society react if that sort of thing happens, a terrorist attack within our shores once or twice. Um, What happens in terms of civil liberties, uh, government surveillance, constitutional rights, the rest of it? I'm I'm concerned. Yeah. We got a lot more on this. It's a heck of a story. And you can comment on uh, yourself if you want to weigh in on this. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Israeli Air Force has hit 120 targets in Gaza in the last three hours. According to the Israeli Defense Minister, that's hard to imagine in an area that size. Anyway, we got more on that coming up later. You want something complete? Yes. I was going to say the ground invasion is going to be something to see. Yeah, well, we've had two military analysts on. I think one used the word horrific, and the other one used a similar sort of word. Yeah. Yeesh. Anyway. You you want something completely different? I mean, complete. this is completely different. You like this behind your ear and you notice an odor to it or you feel something, you should be washing it more. This is also a super common area to get flaking and build up like dandruff. Also not washing your belly button enough. This is a super common area to collect sweat, debris, dirt, build up. In fact, if you're not cleaning it enough, I'll have so much debris and dirt in there that you can develop a navel stone. Finally, you're definitely not cleaning your fingernails enough. Showering, you really need to get under those nails with a scrub brush to get rid of the dirt, debris, and build up. If you keep getting bacterial infections on the skin, folliculitis, you could be a colonizer of MRSA in those areas. I don't like colonizers. Um, Folliculitis is fun to say. Say it with me. (laughs) Folliculitis. I need to wash behind my ears probably more often because I don't know that I do that. Fingernails, I'll work on belly button. How much debris? A belly button stone? Boy, I've not heard of anybody getting a belly button stone. I feel like that's a a, a low-level threat in my life. Belly button stones. I would like to come out strongly in favor of cleanliness. On the other hand, God, these people who are paranoid about germs, and and some of it is some people are irrational. I happen to know one youngish person who uh, I'm I'm quite fond of, not a relative, but I know them pretty well, who is a germaphobe. Um. That's no way to go through life. My son's a weird kind of germaphobe. He, he just like just he like picks and chooses the things he's going to be like particular about. He, he sees me making hamburgers last night to put on the grill. Did you wash your hands? I said, D- I wash my hands. You're a guy that like goes days without showering. I have to beg you to shower. And a variety of other things that he does that I mentioned. But you know, all of a sudden you're concerned, do I wash my hands? Of course I washed my hands, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. We were looking at Halloween decorations. Do you know what the hottest decoration item is? You can't get one. I wish I'd have bought one. No, I don't know. Every year there's something that's super hot, you know. And if you're going to be cool, you got to have it. Last year it was like the Home Depot. They had a 20-foot something or other. Remember that? The giant Frankenstein was really hot like 
three years ago, and and that lasted for a couple of seasons. Anyway, this year's is at Target, and it is uh, what I forgot the name already. Do you know, Michael? You usually know these sorts of things. I don't know this one. Um, um, it's um, all Satan worship. Probably ought to uh, mention Lewis. that. But. Lewis. Uh, Lewis. It's a giant. It's like 20 feet tall. It's a jack-o'-lantern head and a big, long body, and it talks. And I guess it's so it's sold out across the entire country. I mean, so you can't get one now. I'm Lewis. And uh, it says, I am a scary jack-o'-lantern. It's got kind of like a weird, sarcastic patter. <laughs> wow, well, like a hipster, uh, horrifying too, specter. Too cool for this sort of horrifying specter. But anyway, it's wow. if you didn't get one already, you're, you're out of luck. But your neighbor's got one because they're cooler than you. Like a sarcastic yeah. Ichabod crane sipping a latte and <laughs> shredding people online. Yeah, sort of interesting. I'm over all this sort of thing. There was Go West, young man. There was Plastics, Benjamin. The new advice to the young, come up with a green energy scam. Do it as quickly as you can. Stay with Armstrong us. and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Gaza Strip is just down this road. We are right on the border between Israel and Gaza. And the towns that we've been reporting from have also seen infiltration attempts overnight and this morning. So it's a similar situation in the north. It's not as intense yet, but Israel must brace for the possibility that Lebanese militants get involved in this fight and that Hezbollah starts to fire more advanced missiles toward Israel. Uh, Already fired a dozen or so from the north, from Lebanon, while missiles still coming into the south of Israel. So it's full on two front battle. Today, anyway. And uh, armed bands of gunmen are continuing to try to penetrate Israel and attack more towns and settlements, and uh, etc. Uh, as Israel is mobilizing, I've heard 100, 200,000, I even heard 300,000 reservists Ooh. 
getting them armed and in uniform and ready to fight. So, yeah, this is going to be going on for God knows how long. Well, this is one for the history books. Uh, it's is every bit as big, or if not bigger, a deal than the 1973 Yom Kippur attack that I've been reading about my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, one other thing. Oh, the that Iron Dome is quite the amazing Oh yeah, system as 4,000 rockets were fired into Israel over the last two and a half days. 4,000! And most of them intercepted by the yeah. Iron Dome. Practically uh, all of them as a percentage. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't mean to make light of what's a horrifying humanitarian disaster, but it's pretty amazing to watch the video of the nighttime rocket attacks and the Iron Dome kicking into, uh, into action. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, since just let me mention this, just since we're on the topic, and then I will shut up about it for a while. Um, the siege of Gaza, the Israeli defense minister announced that no electricity, no food, and no fuel for 2.2 million people. Well, and I heard they're cutting off the water, too. Yeah. No electricity, no food, no fuel. And he said, we are fighting animals. We will act accordingly. Wow. And like I said, I saw uh, someone representing Israel on CNN over the weekend said the world needs to prepare to see some very hard to look at pictures out of Gaza. So they're 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 announcing ahead of time. We're going to do ugly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What is the uh, Latin phrase for all out war? Whatever it is. I'm I'm not Latino, so I don't know Latin. Uh, Whatever it is, I think that's what we're going to be looking at. Total war, black flag war, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. On a completely, completely different topic, as I said earlier, whether it's Horace Greeley saying, go west, young man, or maybe you didn't and I don't care, or uh, plastics, Benjamin Plastics, from the graduate to every generation has its great advice for how to get rich. Maybe it'd be AI these days. Boy, interesting segment on 60 Minutes last night. I think maybe we'll feature it tomorrow. Um, given how crazy everything's going on, maybe next hour we got to figure that out. But one of the the like the founder of AI, uh, scientist now in his seventies, uh, was doing interviews, and it's just it just boggled the mind. Oh wow, I didn't see that. I got to watch it. Oh, it's absolutely terrific, and and awe inspiring, and frightening, and just crazy. As so. I as I mentioned to a friend of mine, though, um, uh, not to drag us back into the other conversation, but. How about at the same time you got this AI and what's going to do the future and will it d- destroy mankind? Well, you got people getting slaughtered in their bedrooms in an area of the world where they've been fighting about the same thing for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Point. Human beings, wow, they're difficult to follow. Yeah, the one aspect of the AI thing that is stuck in my mind is that this guy who's been there, again, since the dawn of it, uh, Jeffrey Hinton is his name, Brett, um, is that there were multiple times where he said, yeah, we don't really understand how it does what it does or why it did this. We're trying to figure that out. And it's <laughs> like, well, if you don't, uh, I guess nobody does. Can we unplug it just before it gets going? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was he was absolutely not a whistling sun, uh, you know, past the graveyard. He was not blowing sunshine upon us or up us or whatever that terrible expression is, which I won't use. But, um, yeah, it was something. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so anyway, back to go west, young man. Get yourself a green energy scam. You're a young person, a go-getter, energetic, maybe right out of school. Start a green energy scam while you still can. This is such a delightful story. 
There's this private trade association that was founded by the Biden administration's energy loan czar. This guy's name is Jigar Shah, and he is the gatekeeper for companies seeking billions of dollars of special financing from his office. So how do you get to an audience in front of this billions of dollars of loans guy in the Biden administration. You go through the trade association he founded, and you pay through the nose for the right. The Clean Tech Leaders Roundtable has seen a surge in its influence and revenue since its former president, Mr. Shah, was tapped to lead the powerful $400 billion Department of Energy Loan Programs Office, the LPO, in 2021. This group, which didn't even have a website until three years ago, now regularly hosts sold-out receptions featuring Mr. Shah for its paying members to meet and greet, etc., and to impress him. Last week, for instance, the DOE Loans Program Office and Cleantech Leaders co-hosted an invitation-only conference in D.C. for companies looking for loans, and Cleantech Leaders were in charge of the invite list and the tech, the ticket sales. And then this government official comes and says, yeah, I like the cut of your jib. Why don't you come and see me on Tuesday? Them having paid enormous sums of money to attend these gatherings. During this time, companies connected to the Trade Association have raked in cash from Shah's office. Last week, the Loans Program's office approved a $3 billion loan to a solar company led by Cleantech Leaders Board Director. The group's corporate sponsors have also pulled in funding. And the second the Biden administration is gone, this guy's going to go back to the Trade Association and be rewarded richly for his power in sucking people into those gatherings. It's just, it's so open. You got to be a certain kind of person, but, well, I don't think I could do it. But, like, if I was going to go back in time maybe and start again as an 18-year-old, just figure out which way the wind's blowing on which giant government whatever where you are, whether it's a big dam project or a bullet train or green energy or just wherever the money's flowing and get some of it. Because nobody pays attention to any results or where it goes or anything like that. Just get get your hands in some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the government's in charge of billions and billions and billions of dollars and how do you get to uh, how do you get to Joe Getty, Secretary of Handing Out Money? You go to the Getty Group for right. one of our seminars. Yeah, <laughs> it's only fifty thousand dollars per. <laughs> it's unbelievable, unbelievable. And I thought this was good too. Do we have time for this? Yeah, I think we do. Uh, this is actually a piece written by uh, Jonathan Turley. Investigations are exposing the Biden's influence peddling dynasty, and he is absolutely unequivocal in stating that, um, where is that sentence? Uh, All of this scrutiny is not simply, he's talking about the investigations. Um, Finally, the media that has long shielded the Bidens is now starting to acknowledge that Hunter and others were engaged in corrupt influence peddling. Um, All of this scrutiny is not simply threatening the Biden's sense of invincibility. It's also revealing more about the Bidens behind the scenes in an unvarnished and unflattering light. And he goes into the, the the whole story. And as you mentioned, I think you were quoting somebody else the other day. When you lay out 
all of the accumulated, he did this, they got paid that, then they met with that, and, and you put it in a, sim, uh, you know, a systematic way. Because I don't, I don't have a great memory for this stuff. I can't recite chapter and verse of all of the details. But when you hear it laid out in front of you... Yeah, all the uh, dad called into the dinner, then a check shows up, and yeah, all that stuff in order is really quite amazing. Yeah, and there's an email that's just emerged as the uh, oversight committee continues to release things bit by bit to keep this going. I think that I think they should keep it going, but uh, that uh, Hunter Biden uh, said he sent an email to the Chinese Energy Communist Party guy who paid him so much money, and he said, "Hey, really want you to be at this dinner. My uncle's brother will be there." My uncle's brother is very interested in meeting you. <laughs> and I'm like, that code isn't a code. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is that try harder than that? Well, I wonder if that's to get around some sort of searches, like where you just search the name or something. I wonder. Well, the whole game, as Jim Biden made clear to uh, Tony Boblinski, was uh, uh, plausible deniability. But what I was starting to say is if you lay it all out, and then you try to apply a, a, an explanation to all that evidence that isn't their selling influence. I mean, like, no, uh, Hunter is an incredibly capable international lawyer who coincidentally did millions of dollars in business in the very countries his father had the most sway. And he's so generous, he filtered it through bunches of family members. And he was so concerned about his dad staying clean, he wouldn't even tell him what's going on in his life. I mean, the alternate explanation is hilarious. Did you so, did you mention while being a crack addict in there? <laughs> well, yeah, for a while. For a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, in spite of his crack addiction, he was still really looking out for the family. And uh, never mind all those things about at least you don't have to pay dad 50% of everything you make, etc. I think these birds will come home to roost. And as I've said many times, it'll contribute to the fact that Joe Biden will not run for president again. Uh, I'm much more concerned at this point about the instability uh, in the on the world stage and how now is really a terrible time to have a increasingly dementia-ridden husk of a man as the president of the, uh, leader of the free world. Well, for, first of all, it should be a giant scandal that the Secretary of State tweeted out, you know, no retaliation or violence, and then pulled his tweet. That should be a giant scandal. Yes. And then uh, maybe that had something to do with the he's kind of operating on his own. There's no way the Joe Biden we've seen spent the kind of hours that a normal president would spend on the Israeli topic over the weekend. There's no way. Because a, no. a, a, a Barack Obama, a George Bush, you know, younger presidents, you might have slept four hours a night the last three nights mm -hmm. dealing with this round the clock. It's that big a deal. No sure. way he came close to that, right? No, I don't think he could. No. So they, they had to be like making decisions as say, where's Joe? He's still asleep or he's getting ready, waiting for him at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then he calls her good at like 2.30. I mean, because that's, that's what it appears to be his, his schedule. Right. Well, and they may be saying he's not having a good day. Right. We need to handle this at the cabinet level. I, I absolutely think that's true. And again, that's true now. It's practically undeniable at this point. How's it going to be in 12 months when he still has three months left in his term? 
This is a bad situation. And the Veep, you may have noticed, is an idiot. Ian Bremer just tweeted out last hour, I hadn't heard this, Netanyahu has vowed to turn Gaza into an island of ruins. That's some historic talk right there. IOR. Yipes. That's like like Alexander the Great stuff right there. Uh, I think the tolerance for maybe we can find a diplomatic solution in Israel is over. Right, or violence breeds more violence or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're we're through with that. Woo wee. And in the modern era where you got cameras there and Twitter and everything, we're gonna see a lot of it. Stay tuned for more. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick. And hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You got a $50 million airplane. You got a $29 million gorgeous helicopter we had every type of helicopter many of them brand new literally out of the box you mean you think it's cheaper to leave it there so they can have it than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to our country you think yes sir we think it's cheaper sir that's when I realized he was a idiot (laughs) I'm sorry That is Donald J. Trump talking about uh, General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Who was on an extended interview on 60 Minutes last night that I read excerpts of but didn't watch. There are some reports that the uh, Hamas militants who are slaughtering innocent people, children, the elderly, including Americans, uh, use weapons that were left behind in Afghanistan. I don't know that that's true. Um so Nikki Haley said yesterday, she's running for president as a Republican, said, this is not just an attack on Israel. This was an attack on America. Finish them at Netanyahu. They should have hell to pay for what they've just done. Finish them. 
Well, that's a Republican. How about a Democrat? Governor Kathy Hochul of New York. The people of Israel are facing violent terrorist attacks and civilian kidnappings. I condemn plans to rally in Times Square tomorrow in support of the perpetrators of these horrific actions. The planned rally is abhorrent and morally repugnant. That's a pretty good strong statement from the Democratic governor of New York. Yeah, I would say. I believe that rally took place, unless she's talking about a different rally. Well, you uh, I don't, unless she was going to stop it, we do have a free speech thing. But Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I was just going to say, it was uh, shocking to me the number of people who are dressed up like would-be terrorists uh, celebrating in the streets. Yeah. Um, but I was happy to see that. Again, there's quite a bit of unanimity among Republicans and Democrats on the topic of uh, how we should look at this whole thing. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to throw in on that. Mm, Maybe not. Oh, yeah, the border, our border, the United States. So um, we talked to Mike Lyons earlier in the show. Boy, if you missed that, listen to it in the podcast. The segment kicking off the second hour. Look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Our dose, if you're a recent uh, arrival to our land. Right, from Venezuela, likely. And uh, he mentioned the border and how, you know, this terrorist attack, we got to watch out for that. So Bill Malusian of Fox put this out, the Border Patrol arrests of suspects on the FBI's terror watch list at the southern border. In uh, 2019, there were zero arrests of people on the terror watch list. In 2020, there were three. Then it grew to 15 in 21. 98 last year, 151 this year. So we've gone from zero to 151. There also have been one and a half million known, that should be in bold, because there's no way to know this number, Uh, one and a half million known gotaways since the start of 2021, enough to fill 16 Rose Bowls of people. We don't have any idea what watch list they are are or aren't on where they're from. So a million get- is a thousand thousand people. If one out of a thousand of those had evil intentions toward the United States, we now have 1,500 of them in the country. 1,500. In a country that is not a surveillance state, mostly, and has lots of guns around, I am somewhat concerned about, as this thing escalates, what happens here. And then if something ugly happens, uh, of course, there's the immediate uh, horror of it. But then how do we evolve as a society? I don't know. Probably not in ways that uh, embrace liberty. Right. Um, RFK Jr., who um, was strongly condemning the uh, terrorists who attacked innocent Israelis over the weekend. I was happy to hear him say that because sometimes he's kind of out there on politics. But he's going to announce today that he's running for president as an independent. Huh. That may or may not be a big deal. Nobody's for sure. Completely different topic. The Nobel Prize in Economics has been given out. Always watch out for the Nobel Committee giving out prizes that are politically motivated. You wouldn't think an economics prize would necessarily be, but they gave out uh, to a Harvard University professor who did research about understanding the gender gap in the labor market. And they got the Nobel Prize, so... Oh, boy. Yay. So I was looking to see whether uh, Donald J. had tweeted anything. He really hasn't tweeted anything since he got back on Twitter other than the mugshot. No, he truthed over the weekend that this attack would not have happened if he had been president. Hmm. 
I have no idea how he'd be reacting to this. We might get the chance to find out if he wins. Yeah, I suppose. Well, uh, we have another hour to go full of uh, delightful topics and discussions. Hope you can join us. we got to talk more about fungible money. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.